Welcome to the Being the Change podcast. I'm Kristen Vandeveer here with Isabel Kiyosayan. We are the founders of Meditation Without Borders, and today we are talking on the subject of healing. <laughs> We're a little rusty because we haven't recorded on a yes. long, for a long time. Sorry, but we are back in business. Um, and part of why we weren't here had to do with our own personal healing, So, mm-hmm. which is um, why the subject is so top of mind for us. We've had our own struggles. Um, but today we want to talk about healing in a way to reframe our thinking about it. Um, we have a knee-jerk response to any time something goes wrong with our bodies. And the older we get, the more things start to go wrong with our bodies. <laughs> And, um, and that reaction is to reject the experience. And um, we want to talk about how we can transcend that negative response to, um, to illness and um, completely reframe it to not only um, lessen the pain we experience, but also to uh, create actual healing. A lot of what happens, I think, in our society is we have all these wonderful medicines and things that that don't really heal, but postpone. Yeah, you know? or, or postpone and kind of ignore. Ignore and numb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, no, let's just forget about this for a little while, pretend every, everything's okay, but it's not really healing you. Right, it's your, your anytime anything happens. The Vedic perspective and the whole theory of karma is around anytime something quote unquote negative, and I put that in quotes because it's not necessarily negative, it's just our perception of it that's negative. Um, anytime something quote unquote negative happens to us, it's a, it's a indication of something to pay attention to mm-hmm. and that there's a lesson to be learned that we're not learning any any recurring, especially recurring health issues, um, oftentimes means that there's something that we need to address. And the more we try and um, cover the symptoms, the more we try to um, escape the experience and reject what nature is offering to us. It just means that that lesson did not get learned. So that lesson is going to come back in perhaps the same form of the illness, only a more severe version, or perhaps another lesson. Well, the same lesson, but in another form. Yeah, it it will persist and maybe get a little louder. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And it's something really interesting that that happens with, with meditators or with people who kind of live lives around wellness. And sometimes we feel bad if we get sick. It's like, well, I'm doing everything. You know, I meditate, I exercise, (laughs) I eat right. I do all these things. Why am I feeling this way? Why am I sick? And, And we're not looking at the bigger issue, which is there's something that needs attention. There's, it's not only about living this type of life, but it's about going deep and healing anything and everything that needs to heal. So there's kind of like this, this guilt. And I I find this with students and with myself, like, well, if I meditate, I shouldn't be like this. It's like, 
Well, no, because you meditate, you have the tools to, to try to find what this is teaching you. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a couple, there's a couple lessons that I've had to learn the hard way. Um, one is that an illness is not a setback. Mm -hmm. Um, an illness or any kind of condition or ailment is actually a boost forward in your evolution. Um, it's, it's something has come to something that has been repeating for a long time is now demanding so much attention that you need to grow in order to, uh, outgrow it basically. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so it's, it's not a setback. We always think of, of illness or these things as, as, as setting us, sending us in the other direction, but that's just because we have an expectation of what it is we think is most relevant for us to be doing at any given time. We have this, I maybe if we're still identified with our ego, we have this idea of like, oh, I want to, I want to go to law school and become a really powerful lawyer. And right when we, we get accepted, all of a sudden we get a major illness and we have to, we don't get to go to law school. And it feels like a major setback. And it's like, now I can't go to law school for another couple of years and maybe I won't get in and all these kind of things. So we're rejecting. The universe is so unfair. I know, I know. <laughs> the universe is us. So nothing happens Everything that happens, it doesn't happen to us. It happens for us. It's just we, from our smaller perspectives, it's hard to see it that way and frame it that way. Um, but if we think of our illness as a, a opportunity to look at the areas that we need to evolve, when we think about moving forward, oftentimes, like I mentioned in the the, ex the uh, example of like, oh, I, I want to go to law school. I want to become a lawyer and I want to make a change in the world. It's like, well, you're only going to be able to make a change to the extent that your consciousness is um, to the ex extent that you've managed to ground yourself in being. Mm -hmm. And um, and so the, the best way to, to be someone who has an impact and makes a change is to further your own evolution. Yeah, And we all have these little areas of ignorance, these pockets. <laughs> <laughs> I have many pockets. I'm like, <laughs> oh, we all do. We all do. I'm like those pants in the nineties that, you know, had pockets everywhere. <laughs> but yeah. And, and probably it, we wouldn't pick those things for ourselves, but it's because we are not really looking at the larger picture. So we, we think like, oh, no, like, I, I, I want to be in charge. But the the harder, the, the more we surrender, the easier it becomes. So I was, I was, I was telling you before we, we recorded, I have the student. And she's had back problems her whole life. She has had surgeries, everything. And this past year, uh, last year, she had like the, one of the, toughest years of her life, COVID, and most people had a really, really difficult year, and so did she. And so her back was giving her a lot of trouble, but she surrendered to the process, and she was like, okay, what is this asking of me? 
And so she went so deep in her meditation and her spiritual practices. She surrendered to what was happening. She, it, it was a whole way of learning how to love her body because she, and, and a lot of us have this thing where we, we feel like we, we deserve love to the extent that like we, we serve, like people are only going to love me if I'm perfect. And if I do this and it was like, no, you, you might be in bed and feeling really bad uh, because of pain and people are like allow people to also serve you. And that was like a huge lesson for her. And so even though it was the most difficult year, it was the year of most growth for her. So if she hadn't had that back problem, she wouldn't be in the consciousness state that she is now. Yeah. And we don't want to, we don't want to belittle this, this struggle that, that people go through with physical issues. We're, we certainly are, um, want to respect that. It's, it's, um, and when, when we are faced with physical, um, problems, it's, it, it can be, it's such a big challenge. It is a challenge. It's, it is a huge challenge to, to get this frame of mind. And the, the more difficult the physical problem, the more, sometimes more the challenge it is. Mm-hmm. However, the interesting thing is that the increase in the, um, the level of the ailment is often what is needed to push people to have an awakening. There's a lot of people who will say my heart attack was the best thing that ever happened to me. Mm-hmm. And because they needed, they had had high blood pressure, they had had um, maybe gallbladder issues, you know, but th- that was not enough for the change of behavior. Mm-hmm. And then the heart attack came and then suddenly they started eating better. They started meditating. They started completely there. There's always a point where it's enough where you start waking up and looking at where you're ignoring. Yeah. And I think part of the struggle because I know there's uh, certain types of meditation teachers and we were discussing, discussing this, like Joe Dispenza, he had like back problems and he healed himself through meditation. And a lot of people feel bad that they can't do that. It's like, what's wrong with me? Why can't I heal myself? And it's, it's because it's not about healing. It's not always about healing that, but it's, the, the emotions around that and the growth that mm-hmm. comes from that. So you might not heal your back. You might have some pain throughout all of your life, but it's what, what other things are you gaining from this? Right. So that's the, the true value. And you may not be able to do anything about the ailment or the physical sensations coming from the ailment. However, your level of suffering can be greatly decreased pain does not equal suffering yeah pain, pain is a pain is a description of a, of a sensation that the body experiences mm-hmm. however um how based on your consciousness level someone of someone enlightened of an incredibly vast consciousness state they do not suffer even when they feel pain even great pain because that that body sensation is just a drop in the ocean of their consciousness so they barely even notice it they can feel it, but it causes no suffering. Um, and so we can shift by shifting our consciousness state, by meditating, we can actually shift our, we can transcend that pain and we can experience it as something else. Mm-hmm. Um, and that 
and let go of this resistance to what is being presented to us. If we had this idea that we were going to be, live a life a certain way as a completely happy person, never getting sick, never dying, you know, <laughs> we're, we're going to get disappointed. Um, yeah, because everyone faces something at some point. Um, however, if you can be someone that no matter what is your is being presented to you, you can embrace it and learn from it, and grow from it, and um, then 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 you can transcend that suffering. Yeah. To um, why, why don't you mention? I was just thinking about um, Ashtavakra because mm-hmm. that's a really good example of how an enlightened being would not only be able to transcend physical ailment, but actually choose it. it. Yeah. Right. (laughs) That's a better word. Choose it, not picked it. Uh, But yeah, he, he was a master, uh, an enlightened person. And in his previous lifetime, he was beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) So he had the perfect physical attributes, but because of his beauty, he got distracted a lot and ladies would want to seduce him and things like that. So he, that prevented him from reaching enlightenment because uh, the beauty aspect and the physical body, it was just too much attention to it. So when he, when he died and he was picking his body for his next lifetime, he picked a body. Um, I don't know how to explain it, but the limbs... Do you want to explain how his body was? Yeah, well, Ashtavakra was it mean eight, eight limbs or something yeah. like that. It's it's all his limbs were completely disjointed, so bent at all odd angles, and he couldn't get around normally. So he'd actually like drag himself using his chin, and he was so um, homely, let's say that he had to teach behind a screen. So he was. I believe rickets is what he had. He had something that was highly deforming of his body. Um, but he chose that as a, a, because it was not, there was only one way to go. <laughs> there was no, his beauty <laughs> can distract him into other endeavors. Like <laughs> he had to go inward. He had to pursue enlightenment. And other things were not being offered to him. Yeah. And, um, and, and he reached it. And that, that's, he, he did, he designed that experience for him. Because he, and somebody who, who wasn't in that state of consciousness would think like, oh, oh, poor Ashtavakra, no? Like, he is, <laughs> <laughs> he must be suffering a lot, but he wasn't. And he, he picked that body so he could reach enlightenment. So, so we need to look, learn to see things in a, in a bigger, bigger way. Like, some of the things that happen to, to meditators, and this has happened to me, like my tolerance for pain has grown so much. Like I I have a weak ankles, uh, probably because <laughs> I, I had a chubby childhood. <laughs> yeah. so I, especially my left side. You weren't that chubby. <laughs> oh, you, I've sent you some pictures. We can, we can put it in the... <laughs> Uh, as our post for the podcast. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But um, but I, especially on my left side. So I, I've like sprained my ankle so many times. I've broken my foot. Like I've had all these things happen. And so I, I finally went to the doctor and they sent me all these like physical therapy things to, um, and exercises to do. And they were massaging my foot and they were like, this doesn't hurt. Like, no. And they're like, because 
your muscle is all, all tense. Like this should really hurt. And I was like, no, it doesn't hurt. And they were like, okay, you have a high tolerance for pain. And so I was telling this to one of my students and she was like, cause she had recently had surgery. Um, something in her stomach happened and she had to have like emergency surgery. She's like, Oh, cause the same thing happened to me. And I thought that I was disconnected from my body. Like, no, 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 you're connected to your body, but you're also connected to everything else. <laughs> the, the pain that you would have felt at some time, at some moment, it, you didn't feel it as intense because you're feeling a lot of other things too. I mean, this is not to say that we want people to be in trouble like she was because she she had had emergency surgery because she didn't listen to her body at, at the time that she needed to. But still, like my, my point with this is that as, as you were saying, no, pain changes. It, it doesn't, it, it, you can go bigger and the pain diminishes because you can feel the pain, but you're also feeling so many other wonderful things. <laughs> I, um, I mean, I've had the same thing happen, which is funny because when it's something little, like if I get a paper cut, I'm a total baby, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but if I like, when I slice my hand open, like with gushing blood and everything, like, I just remember anytime I've had major physical things, it's almost like I immediately s snap into the witness state. Mm -hmm. Like, I can actually feel that separation of body and spirit most. Buri Purusha Kriyati, Kiyati. Like, the strongest when I'm hurt because it's like I suddenly feel like I'm witnessing the body sensations and it doesn't hurt. But then when I cut myself, I remember like I started to feel my stomach get sick and I'm like, I'm going into shock. <laughs> how, <laughs> how interesting. <laughs> you know, It's like this immediate witness thing happened that it, I, I think it, it almost, um, I can feel that big self most when I'm hurt in a way. Whereas when something little is happening, I'm just totally in the small self and whining about it. Um, and it also makes me think of this, there's an old Mel Brooks film, like from when I was a kid, I saw, but he's like pretending to be a guru and, um, and the, and he's, he's about to go in for surgery and they're like, the, and he's like, no anesthesia. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, really? And they're like, this is a medical marvel, like take down the time. And, you know, <laughs> and then they go in and he's like, ah, that hurts. <laughs> and starts like, are you crazy? So we got to keep this in reality too. Like if all of a sudden, you know, don't go into your next dentist, dental surgery saying like, I can transcend this. There does come a point where sometimes you reach your limit. Um, but I, there just start, you know, it's interesting to just start observing the next time you have something happen to you, no matter what it is. First, don't reject it. Don't reject the sensation. Put your awareness there. Let your awareness go there, let it increase and see if the, it may increase, you know, actually the pain may increase a little bit at first because your attention is there, but then see if it then decreases mm -hmm. as you put more attention on that and see if you can somewhat experience it as a body sensation. Like I don't even like when my kids get hurt, I don't say, I don't talk about it in terms of pain. I try to say like, oh, you're, I call it a body sensation. I'm like, it's it's a very strong one. Where is it? Locate it. Get them to actually feel it as opposed to going straight into reject, rejection mm -hmm. mentality. Um, and, um, and help them in terms of like, okay, what is it communicating? Yeah, yeah. And that happens, that, that we can apply as well to emotional things because... 
sometimes when we either feel angry or sad or anxious or whatever, we can feel it in our body. Mm -hmm. So we can apply this principle to physical, I mean, to emotions as well, because they are expressed in the body. So like anxiousness for me, I like, I feel it in my heart or in my throat and no, I, I can't even stay still. So it's like, okay, like what is happening? What are you feeling? Try to give, don't reject it because if you reject it, it, it only, it only becomes worse. This is like one of the principles of Ayurveda and like attracts like, and sometimes when we feel maybe anxious, we just want to ignore it and go for a run, but that will only make it worse. So what mm-hmm. do you have to do is kind of like be, be still and be gentle with our bodies and feel that emotion. And that will, it, it might not go away, but we'll, we'll witness other things as well. Yeah. And when it comes to those things that keep happening, whether they're emotions or whether they're physical things that keep recurring, um, it's good to take note of like, okay, what are the steps taken? Like, what is the pattern? Cause usually there's a pattern. For me, we've talked about this a million times together, but my one of my particular issues is I get recurring UTIs and have for years. Well, yeah, you know, I, I, every I couple months. Thing. Yeah, now they're, they're most women actually seem to if we don't talk about it, but apparently it's a thing. <laughs> last time um, we were in India, someone <laughs> got a UTI, and then I had medicine with me. I didn't have one, but I always keep medicine with me. And suddenly the word got out and I had like half the hotel at my door. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's a big issue. Um, and for me, it was always the same pattern from the, to the time I was younger. It was always go on the antibiotics uh, and then maybe it'll be okay for a month or two. And then it comes back in the antibiotics and feel awful from the antibiotics. So it was this, this whole cycle. Mm-hmm. And this winter I was done. I was like, I'm not taking these antibiotics again, I cannot keep doing the same. I'm not healing. Yeah. Like how this is not getting healed. I'm just putting off this. So I went on this huge search for every remedy under the sun that wasn't antibiotics. I ordered these crazy seeds from India. (laughs) She also sent me to Mexico, which was amazing. (laughs) They came in a completely unwrapped in a brown cardboard box (laughs) full of leaves and twigs i was like oh my god this is some raw like you know straight things raw <laughs> straight from the dirt um these spiky crazy seeds and it worked but it was like it took but it, it took a lot of effort and it took not knowing if i could if i could do it and it took actually staring the pain straight in the face and um and questioning what are all the emotional things involved with this pain. It had to be a soul searching thing. And I had to completely, I, 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 I've completely changed when I go to bed. I've completely changed my diet. Like I've been changing everything in a more holistic way to address it. But for me, it was finally this, this, this karma, this pattern keeps repeating. And if I need whatever it is that needs addressing, I need to look at, and to actually heal. What we're talking about is actually healing, not simply if you get migraines just popping an Excedrin every single time. At some point, you have to have to ask yourself, why Why, why am I getting these migraines? I, I pick migraines because I get those too. So <laughs> <laughs> it's my other thing. For me, but, it's, it's stomach things. Like every time 
something emotional happens, I get sick from the stomach. And it's the same, like, okay, what is this teaching me? And so sometimes we can heal, but sometimes what's interesting about healing is that the ailment or the condition does not have to go away in order to heal. Mm-hmm. Um, we can transcend the the issue with our consciousness and that thinking of these ailments as something that really does help propel us forward. In the case of Ashtavakra, he chose that because he was he was he wanted to get enlightened in that lifetime. So mm-hmm. he wanted the fast track. So he chose a debilitating uh, condition as the fast track. And not a, it's not a setback. He knew it's like, this is actually the fast track. Mm-hmm. Many of our colleagues have actually had cancer very young. I, I remember finding that really odd, how many um, people who teach what we teach had gone through really serious illness very yeah, young. And, and, they, and, and it wasn't because they didn't live healthy lives necessarily. It was mm-hmm. something that that was designed to, to push them into bigger consciousness. Right. And you might ask yourself, like, why? Okay, what about children's illnesses? And what about the illnesses where you don't get better? <laughs> um, and both of those have the same answer, which is, in order to fully understand that, you have to be open to the idea that there is a, our, our souls have more than one body. Once you are open to that idea, then it all fits into place and makes sense. Because if you if you end up with an illness or an ailment or condition or an accident that ends the body, then that story doesn't end. Mm-hmm. It just that that lesson is still needs to be learned. <laughs> yeah. It just continues in the next body. And the same with some children who have difficult physical conditions in their early childhood, a lot of those children are, they are moving through their lessons early. (laughs) Those kids are, I had my, my best friend growing up was my cousin and she had cancer at a young age and she stayed with us when she was going through treatment and the level of maturity she had at such a long young age, I I'm sure had to come from, having gone through that. Um, like she, she was growing. She had to, in many ways, she, she, she had certain adult traits even before she was a teenager. Um, and so I think some of us, it's interesting. The Ashtavakar story also showed that, that, that mechanism of choosing Mm -hmm. as well. And that since everything is one, that, that, that there is some aspect of, like I said, everything being for us, that there's an, also an aspect of choice in how we, how we come into this lifetime with exactly what we need to learn what it is we need to learn. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. And, and we, we pick these things in, in basis of, of how, how much and how fast we want to learn this. And the, the faster we grow in consciousness, and this is funny because when we begin to meditate, we might feel like, I mean, of course, the main thing is that we feel more happy, but these things might come up more often, but it's because we're, we're kind of making them come forward to us because we're more ready to tackle them. Because mm-hmm. as we grow in consciousness, things that could have eventually happened when we would be maybe like 60, 
they might happen a few years into meditation because we've grown so we're ready to tackle that problem now and so we 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 kind of burn all that karma off yeah think of it this way someone who is not meditating might stay in a relationship that's that they don't like in a job they hate for 20 years someone who in the same situation who starts meditating once you start meditating you can no longer abide uh stagnation Mm-hmm. And so that person may sa- seem like, oh my gosh, I've started meditating and all this stuff is happening to me. I've lost my job. My, <laughs> I've broken up with my boyfriend. What's happening? Like, wh- why? I thought meditation was going to make my life luckier. And it's like, <laughs> no, it is. It is. It in, is. A in the bigger picture, it is. In the bigger picture, yeah. You didn't get stuck with that guy who 20 years from now was going to cheat on you and you were going to be having to face that lesson at, 40 instead of at 20 um it's it's it is it is helping you but it it is you're moving through things more quickly and and with more ease because the earlier we address things go back to going back to like our heart attack example someone who's meditating because they cannot tolerate um they have less ignorance they can't tolerate that stagnation they get the the they go to the doctor and find out they have high blood pressure well, they're going to take action sooner. Mm-hmm. So they move through that that karma in a sense, but they, they move through it with more ease because usually they're catching it way earlier. Same as the, 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 the boyfriend who's going to cheat. It's a lot easier to break up with someone <laughs> six months into the relationship and instead of after you've gotten married and had six kids and yeah. you know, <laughs> have the assets together and <laughs> share a boat. You know, I don't know. <laughs> What did we do with this boat? There's only one boat. We can't cut it in half. Like all that kind of nonsense. Um, so, um, so yeah, it's it's. But the, the, these things are not bad. They're just they're just what we. This is the storyline. Yeah, and and we want these experiences. Like we don't want to be born enlightened because that's boring. <laughs> I mean, it, it sounds lovely, but just sounds nice. It's it's the storyline. Like our favorite movies. Like yeah. I always use this example, it's silly, but it's like Harry Potter. So he was born. Voldemort tried to kill kill him, but uh, <laughs> and but he didn't. He killed, or the parents were able to kill Voldemort at that, or he who shall not be named at that time. End of story. <laughs> Voldemort was killed, and then we don't have anything. <laughs> This is a very advanced Vedic literature we're discussing right now. <laughs> so so we want the experience of the growth. Yeah. We want the lessons. It's it's part it's part of the fun. The other thing about about physical ailment and it's so humbling. Absolutely. The moment someone thinks that they're just they're the greatest thing since since Vedic meditation. <laughs> <laughs> then it's like you no, know, no 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 something happens to your body body and it's so humbling and it's so people who after they've had physical problems they're usually really nice people you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. The people who suffer are nice they've had they've been through something and they're relatable because you can. They know what it's like to to feel on that really deep, deep 
level to have to endure on a really deep level so they can relate to other people who are going through something in such an easier way. That's one of the many gifts of having had to go through um, illness. Yeah, and, and, and I, I love what you said about being humbling, uh, humbling experience because it absolutely is. And, you know, as cliche as it's going to sound, once you kind of push through it, you're meaning you're in so much pain that you start to really appreciate those little things that you at one time could have taken for granted. Yeah. And it brings you right into the present. Nothing like searing pain to like <laughs> snap your awareness back right where it needs to be. And um, even like when we're in pain, we kind of try to breathe through it. Like, and, and that in itself is somewhat of a meditation exercise. You want to just kind of be, be there. And one last point I, I we didn't touch on, but I think is important to mention is illness helps us not identify with our bodies. And it's important to, to remember that because sometimes it can go the other way and people actually identify with the illness them, itself. They think the illness is them, especially people who've had chronic illness for a really long time. It's like, this is me. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, this is not, this isn't you. <laughs> yeah. um, and also realizing that when, something happens to us that this is happening to our body and it's not your consciousness. Yeah. And it's more a bigger experience. Mm-hmm. And so, so it's very interesting because what it does is, and, and because it's, it's something, it's something that's interesting is in some spiritual technique, it's kind of like, Oh, the body, like we don't want the body. It's just consciousness. But so what pain does, and when you learn how to deal with it, it's like, yes, I'm not my body, but it's, like the vessel through which I experience life. So you honor your body, but you're not, it, it, you're not identified with, with that pain. So it, it exactly. kind of gives you the best of both things. Yes. I'm glad you clarified that because the last thing I want is someone thinking that, no, you, you are your body, but your body is that most surface level of you in a sense. And that, um, you are the, the consciousness beneath the mod- body is able to transcend the experience of the body. Mm-hmm. That so. sounds kind of fancy. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it doesn't mean it doesn't sound, it's not the sort of thing you can do um, consciously. Yeah. It's not that that's why we do a meditation practice. It happens automatically. So you can try, you can try putting your awareness on the, on that area. You can try no, not labeling it, not, thinking of it as pain, thinking of it as a body sensation, but really that, that experience of where suddenly you're witnessing the, um, the physical sensation and you don't feel suffering that comes from a, from your practice, from meditating over and over and over again, over again. Um, that's how you expand the consciousness that makes the pain feel like a drop in an ocean, mm-hmm. but you have to be the ocean first. It's hard to go from, from, from being a wave to, to forcing the mind into the ocean yeah. after you've gotten hurt. <laughs> because we can understand, and this is what happened to me before I meditate. I, like I read a ton of books about this and I could kind of understand the concept, but it, it didn't work uh, until I meditated. And I, the, the constant meditations were like, oh, okay. The experience is what changes everything. Mm-hmm. And we can even feel this sometimes when we meditate. Sometimes we're meditating and you can kind of 
not feel your hands anymore. And the first time that it happened was a little creepy for me. Like I can't feel my hands. Like I don't know where, where my hands are. I don't remember where, where, how, how I put them before I started to meditate. And then I opened my eyes and I could see my hands, but I couldn't feel them. It's like, oh, this is, this is strange because I'm feeling this through my body, but I can't feel my hands. And then I moved them. I was like, okay, there they are. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's something interesting you bring up, which is that the greater you're with meditation, the, the broader your um, spectrum of consciousness, the bigger that band is, the more you can, you can pull your awareness from the body if you choose. You can go deep into your consciousness state at will, and then you can come back into the body at will. Um, but people who don't meditate, they don't have the access to those deeper strata of consciousness, so they aren't able to pull that awareness deep. Um, at will. So that's one of the perks. One of the many perks. <laughs> so, um, and, and we're healing all, all the time. So we're all, we're all in this process. We're all in this <laughs> But meditation gives you the awareness and the tools to, to, to do it in a, in a faster and, and yeah, in a faster and more, more purposeful way. And as with all of our topics, we always, we talk about the micro and then we go into the macro mm -hmm. because we're all about how meditation helps the bigger picture, the world and society. And, um, we are in a world in great need of, need of healing. We're in a society of great need of healing. Um, and real true healing. So this distinction we're making between just covering things up and healing them needs to happen on a grander scale to where we aren't just trying to put Band-Aids on the environmental problems, put Band-Aids on the social issues that are facing the world right now, but actually heal them. And I think what's interesting is watching how the society is just starting to learn that to heal these things, instead of just covering them up again, we have to go inward and we have to yeah. examine ourselves. And it's, it's, it's just been fascinating to watch for me. Um, the combination of those who are, who are embracing that and those who are resisting it with all their might. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, but that's where we're at. We're, and we're moving towards this, this healing of our planet and healing of, of our society and our society, when I say society, I mean mostly just Western society, which is pretty much all over the globe now, okay. um, which is a society that, that is one of com competition, one of benefit, benefiting off the pain and, you know, ex exploitation of others, yeah. um, a society, which is about setting, putting up boundaries, a society is, which is, um, about, othering others and um, making them seem less than human. And so this is what we need to heal from. Yeah. And that happens. It's like we are the cells as human, our, as individual beings are the cells of this body. Mm -hmm. And just like our own body, we need to, we need to, every cell has to be <laughs> upgraded, everything <laughs> in order for the body to work again. Yeah. Um, so, so it all starts here. Mm -hmm. We does. have to heal ourselves to heal the world. And just, um, that was a perfect closing argument. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to ruin it. 
by saying something that I, I forgot, which I think is important. It's all right. We needed some comic relief. <laughs> something that's also very interesting because some people come to learn how to meditate. Like, well, will meditation heal my MS or will meditation here heal my whatever? It's like, it, it definitely will help, but if that's what needs to happen, but more than anything, it will bring some acceptance to the situation. And knowing this gives you context of now with this situation, what can I do to heal mm -hmm. myself and then push forward and help others heal too? Yeah. You know, no, that's right. To, to, to break it down into the facets, because there's different ways in which it helps. It helps in a more, most direct way by Stress is bad for any condition. Mm -hmm. So meditating by reducing stress in your system is going to help you heal, just actually heal whatever condition it is. Or if it's a chronic condition that cannot, that necessarily can't be fully uh, eradicated, it, it will help it not be as bad. Mm -hmm. The experience of it is bad. And then there's the way it helps the consciousness that is experiencing that, uh, that ailment it broadens it so that it doesn't suffer. And if whatever pain is caused by it is a much smaller percentage of that consciousness state's experience. Um, so those are the two main factors. And then the last one, like you said, is, is that that um, healing will then help. Uh, you, you'll be more in tune with your intuition in which you make the right choices for yourself and everyone else that will help you heal and help the world. So I guess it's a three pronged system. Yeah. <laughs> of course it is. Of course it is. Cause everything's three. <laughs> if you get into Vedic philosophy, you'll find that number just keeps coming back. <laughs> that one in 108. <laughs> three in one. Of three. Which is a multiple of three. So I guess, yeah, that makes sense. But yeah. Oh, that's a, yeah. So it's all about healing and, and growing through, through everything, accepting it and, and sharing that so we can heal as a collective. Yes. Sounds good. It's a good ending. <laughs> Not it's good. as good as the one you did and I ruined. That's right. People can rewind if they want to. <laughs> well, thank you all for listening to us today. If you liked what you heard. There's plenty more episodes on our website, meditationwithoutborders.net. You can also find us on Spotify and iTunes. Thank you so much. I hope Thank you, everyone. Take care, Dave. <laughs> what did you say? I hope you missed us. Oh, I know. I hope you missed us, too. Missed I missed us. <laughs> I missed us. I missed you. We missed everything. <laughs> Lots of love, everyone. Take care, Dave. Take care, Dave.